The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Ketubot has been dedicated by our dear friend Mr. Elliot Shasho. Hashem Yishmineu Vehayehu. May the Zikrut of the Limud of Masechet Ketubot stand for him that he should have Be'ajat Hashem, Ashana Tovam Borechet, Osher Ve'osher Ve'chavod, Shalom Bayit, Ve'atzlacha Be'chol Ma'asei Yadav, and Be'ajat Hashem may he continue to be a supporter of Torah and all holy uh, projects. Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated by Mr. Uri Nidam, Hashem Mishminu Vehayehu, in honor of all the members of the Minyan, all the members of the Daf Yomi, and in honor of the Rabbi, Tzkel Mitzvot, may he continue to succeed. Amen. Daf Kufpet. Today's daf has been studied in the Nishmat of Rahab ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihenu began Eden. Amen. Today's daf is being studied. The Fuash Shlema. Yosef ben Sarah and Sarah bat Rachel. Elna referred to him betoch shar chode amu Yisrael. Amen. We begin today's daf on Kuf Alef. Amud Bet, starting from the Mishnah. Hanose et Aisha. Fellow marries a lady. Upaska imo. And he made a deal with her, Kedesh Yazun et Pita Hameshanim, that is going to support her daughter for five years, which means this lady, she had a daughter already from a different marriage. And now she's getting married, so they make a deal. When they get married, the new husband <coughs> commits that is going to support his stepdaughter for five years. So the Mishnah says, Hayav Lazuna Hamesh Chalim. So of course he has to keep his word. He has to support her for five years. Niset Laher. Now let's say she gets married, this lady, to somebody else, to another husband. And the second husband also makes the same deal. And he says he's going to take care of the stepdaughter for five years. Hayav Lazuna Hamesh Chalim. So he has to support her also for five Five years as well. Lo yomaradishon, and the first husband cannot say l'shtabo etzli azuna, which means she cannot say the first husband that is cannot say. Listen, when she comes back to me, what do you mean when she comes back to me? I will support her. So that she says l'shtabo etzli kilomar imayiti mekayemet ima heitizena, meaning. She left me, she got married to somebody else. So the first husband says, I don't want to support her. If she comes back to me, meaning if the wife comes back to me, I'll support her daughter. That's not so, he cannot say that. Lo the first husband cannot say, when my original wife, when the wife comes back to me, the mother of the stepdaughter, he must still remain supporting her and send the food to her mother. Because that's where the daughter is staying. The stepdaughter is staying by the mother. So she has to send the food to the uh, mother in order that she will give it to her stepdaughter. For that matter, both husbands cannot say, Which means that now with the most of will split it. Because bottom line, two husbands now made this deal. She got married to the first guy. The guy made a deal that is going to support her for five years. Now she got married to the second guy. I'm going to support her for five years. Now they both want to say, no, we'll split it. Can't say that. They both have equal obligations. One has to actually give her mizonot, and one gives her money, monetary uh, stipend for mizonot, which means both husbands have to fulfill their obligation of supporting her for the five years. One will give mizonot, and one will give 
Now let's say the girl herself gets married. I mean, the stepdaughter herself gets married. Well, now the obligation of Mizonot is on the husband. So he has to supply with Mizonot. You might have thought that since she's being supported by the stepfathers, that maybe when this guy gets married, he assumes he doesn't have to support her. No, that even though the stepfather has made a deal, when once she gets married, he is still the husband's right or obligation, I should say, is to support the wife. Now it says, and don't think that even though the husband's supporting her, still the stepfathers have to support because they made a deal as well. So they will give the stepdaughter monetary compensation. Now let's say both stepfathers died. Let's review the case again. Guy, man, married. Right, he committed to take care of the stepdaughter. Right, then still the wife got married to the next husband, and that husband also committed to take care of the stepdaughter. Now let's say both of those husbands died. So the law is that their regular daughters are supported from regular money, which means unencumbered property, which means property that is in the estate. Like the regular law that says that when a person dies, so the estate takes care of the daughters, but the daughters, his actual daughters, are only supported from property that is available. They cannot go to the kuchot, they cannot go to property that was sold and put a lien on it. However, he, the stepdaughter, she can even get her five years of panasa that they committed even from encumbered property. I mean, even property that was sold, she can go put a lien on it and take that property. Why? There she can because she is like somebody that's a Baalatov, the money is owed her. And the law is that a Baalatov, somebody that's owed money, can actually go to the uh, property itself. Masha'en the daughters, the actual daughters of these men, they cannot take from Mishra Badim, like it says in Masikat Gitin, that when it comes to the Akhila of the Mazon of the daughters, they take from regular assets, not from the Chasim Mishra Badim. <coughs> Now, the Mishnah concludes, Hapikhim, those are the smart ones, Hayu Kodvin, they would write, when they would make the stipulation <coughs> to support the stepdaughters, they would write the following stipulation, Almenat Shazun the condition that I will support your daughter for five years, called Zeman She'at Ami, so long as we're still married. But once already you get married to somebody else, I'm off the hook. So that would already alleviate them. Which is, until now we're learning, they made a blanket stipulation, I'm going to support you for five years. So we learned that even if she gets married to somebody else, they still have to make good on their deal. And even if, if, even if the stepdaughter gets married, they still have to make good on their deal. So the Pekhim, the Gemara says, what would they do? They would make a stipulation from the beginning. And they would say, well, that uh, I'm going to support you for five years, as long as we are still married, I'll take care of the stepdaughter. But after that, no, so that would alleviate their issues. Now the Gemara begins. Itmar, we have a statement. Now, Omer the a guy tells his friend, Hayab ani lecha maneh, which means... He himself is admitting. He's coming along to his friend and saying, I owe you a maneh. I owe you a hundred. He's saying this on his own admission. So we have a mahloket. Very important mahloket between the Buhanan and the Stakish. The Buhanan Amar Hayav. The Buhanan says he has to pay. <coughs> on his own admission, he has to pay the hundred or the maneh. <coughs> Which means, if he said this in front of witnesses, which means, 
to be saying in front of two witnesses. <coughs> I'm admitting in front of two witnesses that I owe this person a hundred. What's the reason why the Shtaki says he's patur? Which means everybody holds based on the Gemara Sanhedrin that says that if a person says in front of two witnesses that he owes money, so he has to pay. So that's a, uh, that shouldn't be a, shouldn't be a mahlokit. The e the lo amar lehu atem edayna. If he did not say it in front of witnesses, might amad Rabbi Yochanan to come chayev. So what's the reason of Rabbi Yochanan? He says he's chayav, which means the deen is that in order for a person to pay on his own admission, it has to be said in front of witnesses. So what's the reason of the case? So the Gemara says leolam de lo kamar lehu atem edayna. The case is talking about where he did not designate the witnesses per se. He did not say atem edayi. Ah, so what did he do? He placed a star in front, and on the star it said, that in his own handwriting, and it says what? I am obligated to pay so-and-so a maneh. But the star does not have a hatima. It does not have a signature on it. So the question is, when you present a star in a person's own handwriting, where you're saying, I am obligated to pay, so there you're going to have a mahloket between Rishtakish and the Yohanan. What's the mahloket? The Yohanan Amar Chayav. The Yohanan says, Chayav, he has to pay. Why? Al-Imam Miltad Ishtara. Which means something that's written in a star, is considered very, very significant. And therefore, since it's written in the star, it's considered as if he's admitting that he owes the money, and therefore, it's as if he said, Atem Aidai. Which is, once it's written in the star, it's as if he uh, 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 told the witnesses, you are my witnesses to, 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 to hear that I owe so-and-so money. So therefore, he says, he has, he has to pay. It's like he's saying that what? They said in front of the witnesses that you are my witnesses that I have to pay. The Shakish Amar Patur. Lo al-Imam Miltad Ishtara. The Shakish says, no, Ishtar is not that uh, um, strong as if it was given in front of uh, witnesses and you said you are my witnesses and therefore you don't have to pay. So that's the Mahlok and the Yohannes Shakish. Let's crystallize what we're discussing over here. Our discussion now is a case where a guy wrote a Shtar in his own handwriting and he writes in the Shtar, I owe so and so money. And he presents the shtar. So the Hanan says, when you write that in the shtar, and it's in front of witnesses, it's as if you said, you are my witnesses, atim idai, that I'm testifying in front of you, that I owe the money, and therefore the Hanan says, he has to pay. And Shakir says, no, even though you wrote it in the shtar, it's nothing. Until you actually go in front of two witnesses and say, I owe so-and-so money. Now Rashi over has a question. Rashi's question is, what do you mean if you, if you go in... We learned above on Daf Chaf Aleph that the Gemara says over there that if a person wrote a shtar in his own handwriting and, he's, and, 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 and he has to pay. So how are we saying over here that it's a mahlokan? If he writes a shtar in his own handwriting, it's a mahlokan. So that she says, no, above when we said he has to pay, he's talking about where he wrote his name in the shtar. I so-and-so, the son of so-and-so, owe money. When he writes his name, Bifirush in the start, nobody argues. Everybody agrees that's considered the admission he has to pay. Here, he doesn't write his name. He just, it just says in his handwriting, I owe such, uh, such money. But he doesn't say his name. So there, no hatambo, that she says, he didn't sign it. And therefore we have a machloke. So comes the Gemara now and analyzes. Tenan, we learned, Tenan Mishnah. Had no said, Taisha, person gets married. 
פסקה עם עוד לעשות את פיתה חמש שנים. And we learned, and he committed to support the stepdaughter for five years. חייב לעשות את חמש שנים, he's obligated to support for five years. My love, כי אגבנה. Which means we're assuming that the case of the Mishnah, to make a chidush out of the case, must be talking about where he wrote it in the star, that I am going to support the stepdaughter for five years, and he presented it in front of Edim. And they did not make a kinyan, we didn't make a, an actual uh, kinyan at the time of the star, nor did he sign his name, and therefore the Hadush the Mishnah is still what? That he has to support. Which means we want to make a Hadush in the Mishnah, otherwise we don't need the Mishnah to tell me a regular case where a guy makes a regular commitment with a star and a kinyan and witnesses and signatures. Must be the case we're talking about where a guy wrote a start up, he didn't sign his name on it, but he committed to it. And still, what's the Mishnah saying? The Mishnah is saying he's hayav to make good on his deal. So that's a proof to Rabbi Yohanan, a question against the Shakish. <coughs> so the Gabra says, Law, no, I'll tell you over here that the Mishnah is not talking about that case. It's not talking about where there was a star written and, uh, and this. And I was talking about a different type of uh, stipulation. <coughs> What's a star pisikta? Star pisikta is the star that's written up at the time a couple gets engaged. So they make like conditions to Naim where each side uh, of the families they um, discuss how much money they're going to give. Right? Between the Hatan and Kalan, the different monies that the families are going to support. Ukhti Rav Gidal, and following the opinion of Rav Gidal, that says what? Amar Rav Gidal, Amar Rav, that let's say the father of the Hatan, the father of the Kala, they make certain verbal agreements at the time of the Chupa, uh, or at the time of the engagement, Right? They say to the, to the father of the Hatan, how much are you going to give your son? He says, listen this. They tell the father of the bride, how much are you going to give your daughter? And then they get up and they make the Kedushin. The Kenyan is considered the Kenyan. And these items over here are uh, viable, not only viable, but they are um, enforceable even without a Kenyan. Just by saying it, and actually uh, writing it in a star, like we're going to learn later on, the Gibraltar is going to say, quote, to one opinion, these things were actually written in a star, <coughs> even though they did not make an actual Kenyan. They didn't have a Kenyan Sudan, normally they have, let's say, a Kenyan, where they have a handshake, or they pick up a, a, a handkerchief to make a Kenyan. There was no Kenyan over it. Just they, they, they committed it at the time of the Erusin, uh, and they wrote it down in a star. So the Avgidah's Hedush is, these items are uh, considered enforceable to Kenyan, Because each side really commits and they mean it, and that's the case of our Mishnah. I mean, the case of our Mishnah is a special type of Kenyan that's done at the time of the Chupah, or at the time of the Irusin, where Rav Gidal says, even though it's verbal and they write it up in the Shtar, that each one admits that, yes, I will pay this amount and I will pay that amount, uh, the Hadush is, even without a Kenyan, it is... Consider it enforceable. Now she says on the top line, Hatan v'kala poskim tenaim shebedehem. Right? Hatan v'kala they make conditions between them. Pifnei edim v'edim chotmim edud gemurah. When the edim they sign on the star. Im tomar im ken by the memra. So you say if the edim are signing on the star, what's the hadush of this case? It's tarich kigod leka kinyan, which is there was no actually kinyan made between the father of the hatan or father of the bride. They didn't commit it with a actual acquisition, which is normal way you have to 
Commit yourself to these monies. They just said verbally, yeah, we commit. And they wrote it down in the star. This is a type of kinyan that does not, this is a type of acquisition that does not need a kinyan. That says what? So if you have no rayah, which means we discuss, we want to know a case where a person <coughs> writes a star, and he says, I owe so and such, such, such money, uh, and I want to give it, let's say, to the stepdaughter. So he says, no, but that, no, so we want to say, uh, uh, sorry, Yohanesh Lakish's case, talking about a regular guy that admits, I owe so-and-so money. So we want to bring a rayah from Amishnah. So we say, no, you can bring no rayah from Amishnah. So Amishnah is talking about the case where they stipulated at the time of the, uh, the Irusin, and that's a special type of Kenyan, where the father of the bride and the father of the Hatan, they commit to pay certain monies to the Hatan of the Kana, and they're just a verbal commitment. They didn't even make a Kenyan. And they write it in the start of Gidal holds that that's considered uh, Kenyan. That's considered Nikneet. So then we have no ayat to our case where a guy himself writes a star that he says he is Hayav. Tashima, so Gibbana wants to bring another uh, question against the Shakish. Tashima, we have a case over here where a guy wrote a star to a Kohen. Katab the Kohen. He writes a star to a Kohen. She'ani hayav leka hamis salaim. I'm obligated to you five salaim. Hayav litenlo hamis salaim. So the law is he has to pay five salaim to the Kohen. Ubeno eno padui. But his son is not considered padui with those five coins. Now normally from the Torah, a person has a firstborn son. He has to give the coin five coins as a pinyon. Now this guy over here writes, I'm obligating myself to the Kohen five coins. So the law is he has to pay the five coins based on the shtad that he wrote. And his son is not padui, which means... This is considered just a payback of a loan, obviously. The, the five coins that he wants to use for pinyon, that's separate. Don't think these five coins that you're giving could be considered a pinyon. No, it's a separate debt that you're obligating yourself with. So what do you see over here? You see that when a person writes a start, Ani hayav lecha, that, that start over there is considered binding and he has to pay. Even though, let's say, he didn't sign his name on it. So that's a proof to who? That's a proof to Rabbi Yohanan. This is when a guy admits on a star that he owes money, he has to pay it against the Shtakish. So Gibran says, no, Shani Hatam, the case of Pejona bin is different. Even the Shtakish is going to say he has to pay. The Mishurbad Limbid, the Uraita. Because the father has to give the Kohen money from the Torah, which means from the Torah there's an obligation that he has to give him the money because of the Pejona, which is even without the star. The star is only enforcing the Uraita. That's why the star has... Uh, Enforceability. So if, it was, if, if he had to give the money to the Kohen anyway, why do you write a star then? So he says, We're just writing the star in order to choose a Kohen. Meaning he said, I'm going to give the money to this Kohen as opposed to that Kohen. If that's the case, that he was Hayav to give the Kohen this money because of the Shemud de Oraita. So why does the Braita say that he has to give him the money, but the son is not Padui? What do you mean? According to the Shtakish, the way you're understanding now, that he's saying that no, really, he's obligated to give the money anyway in the Torah. So the star is enforcing the Torah law. So why does it say Beno Eno Padui? The son should be Padui. Meaning it should count for Pejona Ben. Kabbalah says, okay, they're Ola. This is following Ola's din. Da'amar Ola, Deval Torah, Padui, Fikshiyatin. Which means when a person gives a star, let's say, to a Kohen, for Pejona Ben. No, I owe you. When he finally pays the five salaim, the deen is what? He is padui. So why did the rabbi say in the Mishnah that if a person gives a star to Kohen, that the son is not padui? Because we're concerned that the people might think that he can make a pigeon with 
Shtarot to a third party. Which means, if a person, let's say, has a Shtar, like Rashi says, Shema Yimru Podin Eta Bechor B'Shtar Chavshishto Al Aher. Which means, let's say somebody else owes the father money. So he gives the star to the Kohen, and he says, you go collect it from uh, so-and-so. So, umasun Kohen bepidyonot, the people say, ma di ha'ishtara, ma di ha'ishtara. They say, what's the difference between the star? What's the difference when it's an IOU, or let's say I'm giving him a star that's a uh, promissory, that somebody else owes the money. Ve'anan tiram ha'asikat bechorot, but we have a law, en podin, lo ba'amadim, lo b'shtarot. And they learn over Pesukim, you cannot make Pijon with Starot. So therefore, that's the reason why it's not going to work. So let's review with the Gemara, try to bring it Ayah for the Yohanan. Tawar, a guy writes a Star, I'm, I'm obligated to get to go in five Sila'im, so he's got to give him five Sila'im, and it doesn't count for Pijon money. So that's a proof that we'll when a guy writes an IOU, and in his Ketav Yad, without a Hatimah, he has to pay. So comes the Gemara and says, no, even Kotlesh Takish he has to pay in this case. Why? The reason why he has to pay is because there's a Shabud Menat Torah over here. The Shabud is uh, because of the Pidyon. He owes the money anyway. So if he owes the money anyway, what is he writing a star for? No, he's only writing a star to commit to which coin he wants to give the money to. So then why does it say Benu no Padui? If he's obligated to give the money, he's writing a star, he should pay the money. He says, no, we don't want you to pay the money for Pidyon, because in this case, Minat Torah, it's okay, because it's a personal star. Then you're saying, well, I owe you, but we're worried that Gizirah, we let this star work, God might give another star that's to a third party. And such a star does not work for Bijon. I mean, that's why it says Beno and all Padui. But really, Shakish was saying a regular star where a person writes an IOU to somebody, it does not work. It means nothing. It does not have to pay. They have no idea from the Bijon and Ben case. Amaravar, Abba wants to say that this is Machloket between the Yohanan. And the Shakish is really Machloket Tanaim. What's the case of the Machloket Tanaim? Arev, Yotse, Achar, Kaitum, Shtarot. Which means you have a star. Witnesses uh, signed the star on a certain uh, uh, loan. And then on the bottom, after the witnesses, you have a guy who's a Arev. Arev is a guarantor. He writes in the bottom, he signs in his own handwriting. I guarantee this uh, debt. Which means if the guy doesn't make good, if the lover doesn't pay back, you come after me and I'll pay you. And he writes that on the bottom after the signatures. So the law says like this, Goveh Which means the Malveh can go to the guarantor and take from monies that are unencumbered, meaning monies that he has in his possession. He cannot go to the uh, properties that the guarantor sold, but he can take from free properties. Why? Why can he only take from free properties? Normally when a guarantee, when a guarantor guarantees a loan, I mean he guarantees it from his properties even, that he sold. So why in this case only from Benehorin, only from unencumbered properties? Because the laws of this, since he wrote his name, he wrote his commitment after the star, which is the star was signed already. It means after the loan was made, it looks like, he wrote on the star, I guarantee it. So that's not considered a guarantee, a guarantee that was made at the time of the loan. It's a guarantee that was made after the loan. And that has a law of malve al-peh. So when a person, let's say, lends money verbally without a star, you can only get paid from... Uh, free money, you cannot go after his property that he sold, so therefore since this guy signed after Ta'arif signed after the uh, document was made already, so therefore as a deal like Malveh Al-Peh where he's only, uh, where the money was loaned without a star, because his guarantee was done after the loan was made, so therefore the law is the malve- the guarantor has to pay but only from his monies, not, he cannot go after his properties story came from nothing the fact that the guarantor signed that after the loan was made 
you don't go to the guarantor at all. And he brings a, a, a proof. Amar lo, lama? The Mishra says, why not? Amar lo, I'll tell you why not. Let's say a guy was choking his friend in the marketplace. What do you mean choking his friend? It means his friend owed him money. So the bond man says, I want my money. And he's like, he's like forcing him to give him the money that's owed him. And he sees his friend. The guy that's being choked sees his friend. Or his friend found him. And his friend tells him, Don't worry. Leave him alone. I guarantee the money. Patur. He's patur. Because at the time of the loan, he did not rely on the guarantor. His guarantor showed up at the end. Which at the time the loan was given, the guarantor wasn't around. He just sees his friend being pressured in the, in the street. So he said, you know what, I'll take care of it. So therefore, similarly over here, when the Aref signs, after the start is written, after the two witnesses signed the start, the Aref signs his name, that's nothing. That's a personal commitment after the start. That means nothing. So the governor would say, Let's say that now the Mahloket that we have between the Yohanan and Shlakish, which is Amoraim, is similar to the mahlok between Bishmael and Ben Nanas. Why? What's the mahlok here? Just like Bishmael says that the Arim, when he writes in his own name, I owe, I'm willing to guarantee the debt. So what? That's like a regular case that the Rabbi Yochanan said. When a person writes on a star in his own handwriting, he doesn't uh, sign it. It's as if it was given in front of him that he owes the money. So that's what we say to Yochanan is going to be Ishmael. And we'll say that the Shakish is going like Ben Nanas. Because Ben Nanas says that when a guy writes in his, uh, the Arab writes that I owe the money, we don't, uh, we don't take it. So similarly, when a guy says I owe money on a star, we don't consider it binding. So we want to make the Mahlouk of the Shakish of Yochanan, the Mahlouk of Ishmael, and Ben Nanas. So the Gibran says, wait. Alibad the Ben Nanas Everybody agrees. Ben, Rabbi Yohanan, Ben, and Shakish all agree that according to Ben Nanas, when a person would write a star, he's going to be patush. In a regular case, when a guy says, I owe so-and-so money, everybody agrees that just like Ben Nanas says, by an arev he doesn't have to pay, so by a regular debt he doesn't have to pay. Everybody agrees in Ben Nanas at least, that Ben Nanas will say that a person who writes a star and commits himself to paying that if he doesn't, if it was not signed and there's no witnesses, everybody agrees that even though he wrote the star, he does not, he's not obligated to pay. What's the logic? Because Ben Nanas says even an Arev doesn't have to pay in such a case. Now an Arev is a stronger obligation than a regular guy that says, I owe you money. Because an Arev is already from the Torah. We learned when Yehuda made himself a guarantor for Benjamin. He said, So we learn from there that when a person guarantees something for some, it's a Torah law. And still, Benanah says that by a guarantor, which has its roots from the Torah, still, when he writes it in his own handwriting after the debt was made, after the loan was made, like he signed his name after the two witnesses, means nothing. So, in the case of regular Baal Ho, which is not from the Torah, where God just signs his name and commits himself, I, I, I owe so and so money, certainly, at least Ben Nanas is going to hold, it's not, uh, it's not enforceable. However, Kiperigi, the Mahlok of the Yohanan and Shlakish is Aliba, the Bishmael, at least quote the Bishmael. The Yohanan, the Bishmael. Rabbi Yohanan clearly holds like Rabbi Shemad that just like Rabbi Shemad says that the guarantors you can go after the guarantor take the money so too when a person commits himself also in a star he can go after but the Shakish said no I also go like Rabbi he only said that what Rabbi Shemad said the guarantor has to pay money because that's already a Shabud because a 
a uh, 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 a guarantor has already uh, uh, an obligation in that Torah. When a person becomes a guarantor for something on a loan, that's already a Torah law. So the Bishma was only saying, in that case, somebody can go after him. But the person over here, we just admit on its own, that's not a Shabuda Doraita, it's not a Torah, he's not obligated to Torah, when he just admits on its own to pay. So that even the Bishma will agree, in this case, he's going to be Patur, which means we thought to make the Mahlok at Ben Nas and the Bishma and the Mahlok at the Yohanan and We're saying no. That really, everybody agrees according to Ben Nas, just like you don't have to pay by an Arev, because you can the regular guy that admits money, does not have to pay. The Mahlok at the is in the Bishma'il. The Bishma'il also can be Bishma'il. Just like they, they go after the Arev, so to the person that admits he has to pay money in the Shtar, he has to pay the money. And the Bishma'il says no. That that's only by an Arev, the Bishma'il said, because Arev is already a deen from the Torah, when a person can make, makes himself a guarantor. But in this case, a guy's just writing a Shtar that he owes money, it's not enforceable. Gufa comes to Gemara and continues. We learned about Amar Avgid Rav. We talked about this special law that a person obligates himself, or the father of the bride, father of the uh, hatan, obligate themselves certain monies at the time of the irusin. So we said, Kama atan oten Right, so the 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 the, the, the they say, how much are you gonna give your son this and this money? Become a tenor ten the bitka kak mikka. How much are you gonna give your daughter this and this? Amdu vikinchu right now they made the kedushin kanu, which means the obligation of each father is binding. Gabara says vehen and the variman nikhnim bamira that these items are the items that a nikhnim just verbally that even though there was no kinyan actually made to transfer the monies, they, they, they made the commitment verbally, and they just write it in the star, and that's already binding. That which I've said, that it's binding, that's talking about where a person is marrying off his daughter when she is a ne'ara. Let's say she's 12 years old. Because at least he gets the money for the Kiddushin. So therefore we'll say like this, that when the father gets the money for the Kiddushin, so at that point, the Hana'ah that he gets for the money, so he's being makneh, he's transferring over money to the Hatan. Because at least he's getting, he's making the Kenyan on the Kesef. At least he's getting some money. He's getting the Hana'ah of the money, so that will enforce the Kenyan, because since he's getting Hana'ah, getting the case of Kedushin, so therefore, he'll give over wholeheartedly the money to the Hatan. Abad, Bogeret, but a Bogeret, which is 12 and 6 months, De lo matan because he doesn't get the money, because the Bogeret keeps the money for herself, for the Kedushin, lo, so then maybe the, the father in that case over there is not mitchayev. She they want to say this whole inyan that you don't need a kinyan. It's about at least because he's getting money. So therefore he doesn't wholeheartedly. Elohim. However, swore on Hashem's name and he says no. Amar Rav. Rav says no. Rav is saying that Rav will hold his din afilu bogeret. Even by a bogeret, we say that the fathers, even though he didn't get anything, we don't get the kesef. He's makdeh over. Uh, the, 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 the gift that he wants to give to the Hatan. Because you're not going to say this. What do you say about the father of the, of the, of the Hatan? He didn't get anything. You're only explaining now that the father of the Kala is be willing to be Makne because he gets Kesef. But I'll tell you, it's not so. Even if he doesn't get Kesef. Because the proof is always, we always said the father of the Hatan also was committing money to the Kala, even though he doesn't get anything. So it doesn't matter Ne'ara, it doesn't matter Bogeret. So, so what's the idea? That's, that, that's making the Kenyan viable. The fact that when they're getting married, 
So there's a certain hana'ah that both parents have that they're marrying off their children. That hana'ah itself, they wholeheartedly give over the monies to their children. They don't have to get any physical hana'ah, but these, the emotional hana'ah that they get, that they're marrying off their children, they're happy to give the money over wholeheartedly. Therefore, you don't need a kinyan in that case. And that's what Rab said, Hen, hen, devarim, haniknim. Ba'amila. That Ba'amila alone is enough and it doesn't matter. Bogen, it doesn't matter. Now, they have a question. These conditions that are made by the Hatan, the father of the Hatan, the father of the did the rabbis want to write this stipulation that in a shtar, which means we know there's no Kenyan. And normally when there's no Kenyan, the law is that what? Uh, the question is can they go on this shtar over here? Collect nechasim mishubadim. Can they go collect? Let's say the start if they if they don't want to make good on it. Can they go collect from encumbered uh, properties, from properties that were sold? So it looks like this. If you can say you can write it, so then you have a start. Normally if you have a start, you can go to even the kuchot and collect the money. Or maybe the rabbis don't want you to write it, because since they didn't make a kenyan in such a case, maybe you cannot collect it from nechasim mishubadim. So the question is, in this case, do you write it, or don't you write it? So the Vashik of Logan says, in such a case, they do not write it in a star, which means the parents make a commitment at the time of the Erusin, but it's not written officially in a star. Because if it was written in a star, that would mean they would even be able to go after Nechassim Shubadim. And the Vashik says, you cannot go after Nechassim Shubadim, therefore do not write it. So now the Gebra is going to ask a series of questions. The Gebra is the first question from Amishnah against Abashir. What do we say? The smart fathers I'm only going to support the stepdaughter so long as we are married. Right? Now it says Kotvim that they would write such a commitment. So what do you say over here? Such verbal commitments are, are, are lent to writing. So therefore, just like the, they would write, the Pekin would write, again, Kudvin, they would write it down. So when the person is making a verbal commitment, the, at the time of the uh, Erusin, so you write it down. And therefore, technically, you should be able to even go after Nechassim, Mishrobadim. Abzikavaran says, no, my kotvin, what did it mean in the Mishnah when it said kotvin? Omrim. It means that we just say it verbally. The, the Pekin would say verbally that our commitment to the stepdaughter is as long as we're married. Now, and sometimes you see the Talmud or the Mishnah will call Amira verbal, it'll say as Ketiva. Sometimes when the Mishnah says Ketiva, it really means it's verbal. How do we know? In, that's the question. Does the call Amira Ketiva? Kemara says, In. I'll prove it to you. A person writes to his wife, I have nothing to do with your, uh, I don't want anything to do with your Nechassim. And he's giving back the Nechassim to his wife. He says, he writes it. That that's referring to he says to his wife, he doesn't even have to write it. So you see what? That sometimes the Mishnah says Ketiva, but it means Amira Tashema. Another question against the Mishnah. That while when you're writing the start of the Erusin, which we're assuming over here, start Erusin is these conditions that they make at the time of the Erusin, and the Suin means the Ketubah that they write at the Suin, you can only write these Shtarot up with that of the father of the Hatan, 
and the kala. Right? If, and if you don't have the da'at, you can't write it. Hami da'at, shneem kotvim. But if you have da'at for both of them, you can write it. So what do we see? My lab, shtare pesikta. It must be which type of shtare we talk about over there. You write up, if you, have, if, if you have permission for both the fathers of the hatar and kala, let's talk about the shtare pesikta, the shtare they make up, the commitments that they want, each side's going to give at the time of the irusin. So you see what? It is written. Question against the Vashir. Okay, what it says, no, shtare irusin mamash. No, we're talking about the actual shtare irusin, which is when a person gets married, there's one of three ways you can get married. Kesef, shtar, or bi'ah. And now we're talking about, okay, let's say a person wants to get married with Shtar. He writes on a Shtar, So we're saying that the Shtar Irusin Mamash, you can only write it and give it to the lady if you have, um, if it's written Midat, if it's written from the knowledge of both parties. Who's that following like? Which means if, let's say, they wrote the Shtar for the Irusin, they wrote it, Shtar Kedushin, Vishma, meaning for the sake of the lady that's getting married, Vishalom Medalta, but didn't ask her first, Ravid Avina Amre Mikudesh, Ravid Avina say, Mikudesh, you don't have to tell her that you're writing the Shtar, as long as it's written for her, when they had her in mind when they wrote it, it's enough. They hold no. Not only does that have to be written with her in mind, but they actually have to tell her. You have to have a da'at at the time that they are writing the shtar. I mean, just like by a divorce, they write it with her da'at, so too, uh, it has to be written, a da'at of the ba'al and the da'at of the lady, so too when they're writing the shtar of the irusin, even though they had the lady in mind, they have to have the husband's permission as well as her permission as well before they write it. And that's what it meant when it said that... Really, I'll tell you, you don't write the shtar pesikta. That shtar they make at the time of the uh, wedding, at the time of the erusin, for the conditions of how much each one's going to give, that you don't write. But we're discussing over writing the shtar that makes the erusin itself, according to Rav Shiravya and the Papa, that you have to write it. Why? Because you're committing... Because, because you have to, the, the kala, you have to know, not only that the shtar is written for the sake of the lady, but it has to, they have to know it. As well. So therefore, we have no question against Navasheh. Comes again, I want to bring another question. Tashema, we let Navashnah metuf, let's say both husbands died. Benotehem, Nizonot, Benechasim, Benechonim. So their own daughters, they can only get supported from the money that the Yorshim have in their possession. Vihi, but the stepdaughter. Nizonet, Benechasim, Shubadim, they can actually get. They, they, she can get her money even from properties that were sold. She has the status of a Baal Chov, and a Baal Chov is able to get paid even from from properties that were sold. So then what do you see over here? Must be that what? They wrote this down in a star. Because only somebody that has a star can go to the Kuhon and get paid. So what do you see from here? We see that what? When a person made such a commitment, this verbal commitment, he had to actually write it down in a shtar. Because otherwise, how could the stepdaughter go and get it from the Likuchot? So therefore you see what? The question against Levashir. Levashir said what? That in the case where the guy makes the verbal commitment, you don't write it in the shtar, because we don't want you to go after the Likuchot. But what do you see from over here? You see what? That for the stepdaughter, she can go after the Likuchot. When the, when the father's died. So what do you see? What? Must be their order, eh? Start. You do write it down. It comes in and says, No, I'm asking. No, it's talking about over here. It's not a case where the Kenyan was made just verbally. It's talking about over here where they actually made a Kenyan. Which means, 
when you make a kinyan at the time of let's say when the father committed to pay the stepdaughter, he made it mamash kinyan. Okay, when you make a kinyan, of course you write it in a star. We're discussing a case by the stipulation at the time of the Irusi where they didn't make a kinyan. Where there was no kinyan, so that's our question, do you write it in a star or not? But don't make your proof from Amishnah. The reason why in Amishnah we wrote we we, we, we write a star, because at the time of the commitment the father made a kinyan, I am going to give money to the stepdaughter. Once he makes a kinyan, of course you can go after Nikasim and Shabbat, that's why you write the star. So the Kabbalah says, Yahir, Banot Nameh. So then why did his own daughters? Why did you say that the own daughters, his own daughters cannot go from Nechassim Shabbatim. His own daughters can only get from, from, from regular money of the Yorshim. Why? If you tell me that he made a Kenyan, so his own daughters also be allowed to go and get from Nechassim Shabbatim. So the Gemara says, but not Nameh. Question. No, he only made a Kenyan for the stepdaughter, but he did not make a Kenyan for his own daughters. So who told you? Who told you in the Mishnah to learn that he made a Kenyan for his stepdaughter? Therefore you write a start for the to get from the Kasim Shabadima for his own daughter? No. So I'll tell you why. Because the stepdaughter was around at the time of the Kenyan, which means when the husband got married, the stepdaughter was alive. So therefore, since she was alive at the time in America, she, she was already born. She was from a different marriage. So the husband makes a Kenyan because she's alive. So therefore, the Kenyan works. And therefore, what? She gets even the Kenyan. That's what they write in the Shtar. However, but the daughters were not around at the time of the Kenyan because the daughters weren't born yet. So therefore... So the Kenyan that's being made for them, they're not around yet. So the father, let's say, the husband made a Kenyan for both, the stepdaughter and the, the daughters that are going to be born. But since they're not born yet, you can't be maknet davash shalom They didn't come to the world yet. So you cannot be maknet to some that did not come to the world yet. So therefore, the Gemara is saying that that's why the daughters do not get from the chasim they only get from the regular properties that are around the time of the Yerushah, but the, uh, the daughter can even get from, the stepdaughter can get from, the stepdaughter can get from the, the chasim, Meshubadim. So Kabbalah says, who told you? Maybe I'll tell you that everybody was at the time of the Kenyan. What's the case? Kegon de Girshah, Ve'adera. I'll tell you the case is talking about, let's say, guy, let's say, got married. Okay? And let's say there was a stepdaughter there already, and now they had a daughter. Now he got divorced, and he took her back. So now when he's taking her back, there's a stepdaughter, and there's his regular daughter. And at that time, he made a kinyan, that what? He obligated himself to pay the stepdaughter money, and also his regular daughter money. So if that's the case where they made a kinyan on both, why then you tell me the stepdaughter gets nechassim shurbadim, the regular daughter should also get from nechassim shurbadim. She should also be able to go to the properties and take them. Why does she only get from benechonim? Why does she only get from unencumbered properties? So the Gemara says, which means the daughter, the regular daughter, He's obligated to give her money, not from tonight Bitti, not from the condition that Bitti puts on him. He's obligated to give her money because of his obligation in the Ketubah that he obligates himself to give, to give money. So again, I'm sorry, I take it back. Meaning the stepdaughter, the stepdaughter is not obligated from tonight Bitti. There's no condition in the Ketubah that she has to pay a stepdaughter money. He's accepting it upon himself. So since she, since uh, she's not bound by a Tribetin, Mahani La Kenyan. So the Kenyan will work for her. That what? you write it in the Shtar and give it to her and she can get even from the Kasim Shubadim. Banot, however, his own daughters, the Itnu Betnaibetin, so they, she, the, she, he's obligated to give it to them anyway from the Ketubah. So therefore, Lo Mahani Lu Kenyan. So the Kenyan is not going to. 
strengthen their, strengthen their cause. Therefore, they cannot get from the Chasim Shubadim. He's obligated to give it to them anyway. So the Gemara says, what are you talking? Gemara says, Migra That makes sense? Adraba, which means these, these girls over here, his own daughters, he's obligated to give it to them from a condition of the betim based on what the Ketubah says, that's to support his own daughters after he dies. So the most of the Kinyan should strengthen the, 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 their cause, not weaken it. So the reason why he doesn't, his daughters cannot go to Nechassim Meshubadim is because since already he's obligated to pay them from the Ketubah, Emar, they can come along and say, we will, we'll come along and say, which means maybe before he died, he paid them. And therefore, it could be they got paid already. Because he wants to fulfill his obligation. And therefore, since they got paid, they would not be able to go to Meshubadot. Which it makes sense that the father will pay his daughter because he's obligated to pay. So maybe they got paid already. That's why... They cannot go to the Kuchot. But Sheikh and his stepdaughter is not obligated to pay his stepdaughter. So therefore, the Kinyan will work on that. And we don't assume that he paid her already because he's not obligated to pay her. But the Kinyan that he made at the time of the marriage will allow her to go to Nechassim Meshubadim. So let's just review this last question. We had our, our question started off with Rav Asher. The question that we had about Rav Asher was like this. Rav Asher said, that this Shtar Pesikta, what is Shtar Pesikta? That's the Shtar that they make at the time of the Irusin. That both sides, the father and the father of the bride and the hatan, obligate to give some monies. Now, this is a verbal commitment, and we're talking about they did not make a kinyan, which means they didn't make a uh, a formal uh, kinyan with a sudan. They just verbally committed, and we say that well, that commitment is considered binding. So now the question was, how binding is it? Do you, did you write it in the star? If you write it in the star, they'd be able to even now, let's say, get that money. The hatan kala, that is, they can even take it from the kuchot. So the says, no, 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 no. There was no Kenyan over here, so you do not write it in the star, but it's binding. They have to pay, but you don't take from their actual assets. So the Gemara says, what are you talking about? I was trying to bring you a question from Amishnah. Amishnah had a case over here of a story of a husband that, let's say, committed to the stepdaughter money. Then he died. So it says, what? The stepdaughter can even go to Nechassim Mishubadin. So that must be what? He wrote a Shtarfa. But you can only go for Nechassim Mishubadin if you have a Shtar. So you see what? On a verbal commitment, you write it in the Shtar. So he was another reason why he wrote it in the Shtar because he made a Kenyan over there. He made an actual Kenyan. So the Gibraltar said, if he made a Kenyan, so why, why can't his daughters go uh, take from Nechassim Mishubadin? His own daughters. So the Gibraltar says, because his own daughters, he's obligated to pay them from Tanai Ketubah. So if we're concerned that he might have got, they might have gotten paid already. Before he died, he paid, paid, paid his daughters. But when not concerned that he might have paid his uh, stepdaughter, so therefore the Kenyan that was made uh, 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 gives her strength to even get the Chasim Shubadim. Comes to Gemara, get the news, Lo Yomar Harishon. Now, what do we say? Let's say the, the guy got married, said, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll support the stepdaughter. Good, they got divorced, the lady got married to somebody else. So the law is, the first husband cannot come along and say, I'm not supporting. No, you, you, you committed for five years. So he cannot come along and say, well, when she comes back to me, when, when my wife comes back to me, I'll support her. The law says, no, he has to send money to the mother. The language of the Mishnah says, just to be precise, we quote the language of the Mishnah, it said, when my wife, my wife comes back to me, I'll support the stepdaughter. And I'm going to say, 
you send the money to where the mother is. That implies that what? That the stepdaughter is living by the mother. We can learn from the language of the Mishnah that when it says he sends the money to the mother, that implies that the stepdaughter lives with the mother. So you can imply from here that what? But... Let's get the language of the Mishnah. Zoto merit bat etzel ima. That a daughter lives by the mother. What's nafkamina for this? Nafkamina would be that let's say you have a daughter. So the daughter can either live by the brothers or can live by the mother. Now it seems it's more economical if the daughter lives by the brothers, they have to support her. When the father dies, so the brothers support her. So it would be cheaper for the Yurshim to support her if she's living by them. But the Hadush of the Mishnah is that no, that even if she wants to live by the mother, and it's going to cost a little more money to send the support to the mother's house, the Yurshim have to do that. Look at Ashi's explanation. Ashi says, It doesn't say that the father sends the, the stepfather sends the money to, to her brothers. We learn from her that the daughter grows up by the mother. And therefore a girl that's being supported by her brothers, they have to support her by her mother's house. They cannot force her to come live with her, to live with them, even though it might be cheaper for them. We're learning a rule in life that the girl lives by the mother, the daughter lives by the mother. says, Who told you me Who told you? Dilma Bikatana Askinan, who told you that we're talking about a Gidola? Who told you we're talking about, let's say, a older girl? Maybe we're only talking about a Kitana. Which means maybe only a small minor girl doesn't live by the brothers. Then she needs her mother. But maybe a Gidola, she lives by the brothers. Who told you? Maybe based on the story that happened. What was the story that happened? Titania, there was a brighter. Me shemit, there was a story, a person died. Veniyah ben katan imo. And what happened? There was a little child, a little boy, that uh, was 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 was, was uh, left with the mother. The father died, there was a little boy left. So what happened? So now the father's inheritors, meaning the father's children, they came along and said, let this boy come live with us. But the mother said, no, I want my son to live with me. So the Brayta says, you let the child live with the mother. But you don't send the child to somebody that eventually can inherit him, which is the brothers. Because we're concerned that the brothers might kill this younger brother in order to get his inheritance. And that's what happened. There was a story that happened that they let the younger brother stay by the older brothers instead of the mother. What happened? And the older brother slaughtered the younger brother. The first night, he was there by them, they slaughtered him. Why they slaughtered him? Because they wanted the money, they wanted the Yerusha. So therefore you only have an ayah from this Braita that what? That a Ketana, a minor, goes to the mother. But how do you know that a Gadol uh, goes to the mother. Which means, maybe when, let's say, a mother, uh, a husband dies, and now the mother has a older daughter, maybe the 
but the boys can come along and say, listen, she has to come live with us if she wants to get supported. And who says that maybe by an older daughter, they have to send the support to the mother. Maybe when the Mishnah says you send it to the mother, maybe it doesn't mean by a Gedolah, maybe only a Ketana, because we're concerned that the older brother, the brothers will, 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 uh, take, will kill her, like we saw the story in the Bible. Who said maybe an older one, not like that. So if that's the case, the Brayta should have said that when the father gets divorced, he has to send the money. It shouldn't have sent the Mishnah, sends the money to the mother's house. If there's a difference between a Gedolah and a Ketana, should have said he, she, should, he should send the money to where she is. Meaning if she's a Ketana, she'll be by the mother. If she's a Ketana, she'll be by the brothers. So therefore, why did the Mishnah say, Why did it say in the Mishnah that you send it to the mother's house? But it's an aim of Shinagidullah, that we see what it does not make a difference. Whether it's a Gidullah or whether it's a Kitana, the daughter always lives by the mother. Baruch Amen.